Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Monday, January 1st. I'm Chris Hurdy. This holiday season, we're going into the archives to bring you one of our favorite interviews. In this episode, we hear former Vice Culture editor James Ye's interview with the groundbreaking artist Marina Abramovich. They talk about building a career off of subversive performance and how she's still pushing boundaries, causing controversy, and influencing young people. One of your most celebrated works is Rhythm Zero, which you performed when you were 28. Can you describe what this performance was? You know, first I have to say a little bit of context, what performance is. If anybody asked me what is performance, I could say the performance is a mentally physical construction that you create in a certain time and space in the front of audience. And then you perform and you step into this kind of energetic circle which, you know, dialogue can happen with the audience. In those days, in early 70s, I was doing lots of work and I was cutting myself and I was doing things that I really pushed the physical limits of the body to see, you know, where I, how far I can go. And I've been very much criticized. I was been saying that I was a masochist, that, uh, that this was not art at all, that I should be put in mental hospital straight. And I was so fed up with this because somehow intuitively, I know I was right. I would know I was on the right path. And I created this performance, Rhythm Zero in which one I actually don't move at all. I just sit standing there dressed in black t-shirt and black trousers and in the front of me are 72 objects on the table with the instruction, I'm an object, you can do whatever you want with me, including killing me, and I take all responsibility and six hours. I want to see what public can do if I do nothing. I'm being so criticized that I do too much. Now I'm there for the public to do whatever they want. So this was a kind of hell. It was very dangerous. It was almost like a question of your destiny. You know, people like in the beginning do nothing. They will be very shy and tender and they will give me a rose. And then later on, they will cut, the scissors cut the clothes. They will they take the piece of the rose and put it in my stomach and everywhere in the body. They will take the knife, cut my um, neck and drink the blood. It got, went really crazy. And after six hours, the galleries came and said, six hours is over. So I actually started moving and I become me half naked with you know, blood all over and tears in my eyes and look like hell. And I moved towards the public just, you know, to, to have contact. They literally ran away, all of them. And they could not confront, confront me with being me now, with going out to performance uh, structure. And I remember going to the hotel and I went, you know, look in the mirror when I have the piece of gray hair in my head. I said, oh my God, public can kill you, serious. It's easy to perform the people that like you, but it's so much more interesting to perform with the people that doesn't know you and doesn't like you. And to, to kind of shift that energy and change it, you know, that's a really task. You know, you have to take your ego away. 
ego is such a huge obstacle for any artist. When you think you are better than anybody else, when you think you are God or your icon or whatever. I love the, always the Woody Allen statement, you know, today I'm a star, tomorrow I'm a black hole. You're always supposed to think that actually any second you can become this black hole. Where do you feel you're in your sort of um, star life, right? You're the star, there's the star and there's the black hole. Like, do you feel like you're... <laughs> I, I shift all the time. In the morning I can wake up in the deep black hole and then I go into the, into the other thing. You know, the best thing to do is to go to the Museum of Natural History. And then you have this um, planetarium which is made for kids. And it's that kind of 10 minutes or 12 minutes uh, program. So you go in with all these other kids around. Observatory open and they show you black matter or they show you Milky Way. And then George Clooney voice comes and say, this is a planet Earth, which is like my favorite. And then you see we have tiny little dot. You know, we are not even in the center of Milky Way. We are kind of outskirts. We are kind of periphery. We're like a Brooklyn of Milky Way, you know? <laughs> and then you kind of get right perspective. So your art is very rebellious and radical, but uh, your upbringing was actually very strict. I was wondering if you could just tell us about your childhood. The hell of my childhood. Actually, looking back, but now looking back, not when I was a child, actually it was so important to have this uh, miserable childhood because I think nobody anything do from happiness. Happiness is a state you don't want to change. Happiness is a state is not creative because you're just happy, that's it. But if you're miserable and you have the really bad childhood, you have a big chance to become better artist because you have so much material to work with. And I had that luck to have so much material to work with. <laughs> It was difficult. It was gloomy Belgrade after the war, born 1946, with a mother who was pretty much um, insane. <laughs> Looking back, I mean, she she was everything to do with discipline and, and control and hygiene. I was 29 when I escaped home, and I could not. I was not able to come after 10 o'clock in the evening home. You know, making performances at that same time and coming 10 o'clock home. It was just kind of constantly uh, risking that you could be beaten up. I remember the, the one, one moment of my life when actually before I left, I uh, had a retrospective in the museum with my early work. And I went to exhibition, you know, without telling her anything. And everybody after this had a dinner, but I have to be 10 o'clock home. So I, even if it was my dinner or my opening, I come home 10 to 10 and I was see the, the house was in dark and I was so, so happy, oh my God, she's sleeping. So I opened the light in the dining room and she was sitting there always in a double breast suit, like Margaret Thatcher, more or less, you know, with a little brush on the right side. She was sitting there in the dark. I would say, oh my God, something is wrong. And I didn't know that actually somebody called her earlier that day and say, your daughter is hanging naked on the wall. <laughs> she was sitting waiting for me. So she had this huge estuary crystal, really ugly, on the middle of the table. She looked at me and she said, I'm giving you life and I'm going to take free away from you. And she take estuary and throw my head. Then I say, okay, I'm not going to move the head. And she, I'm, she's going to kill me. And she's going to prison and she's going to pay for it. And then, you know, I moved the head, so Ashley went into the into the glass door, smashed everything, and then I left home. Did they ever come around to your work? Do you feel like they accepted it? When my mother died, it? I went to the to clean the house, and I found the books I sent to her, and the books are big, you know, four hundred pages, huge catalogs, 
and she added them herself. And every naked photograph she took away. So the book of 400 pages will be the 35. So she re-edited the type, small versions that she can show to her neighbors. I don't think she ever, she ever could accept what I was doing. Do you feel there's a part of you that seeks out controversy? There was huge controversy about my three abortions. Why ever the abortions in the Catholics in Italy, the, the women Catholics, they're saying that um, I'm killing children to make art, which is ridiculous. I didn't want to have children because I want to make art and I have all rights to do that. It's very easy to take out of context my work and misinterpret it in different ways. And it's just happening, especially now. I mean, the more exposure I have, the more controversy. It's, it's almost like a, like a natural effect. I can't deal with this except let it go. It's the same happened in the 70s. And, uh, you know, I, had to, I have to just follow my own intuition do my work. The work is so serious for me. The work is like, a, you know, that there is a wonderful sentence of Bruce Nauman, which is a great American artist, who said, you know, that, that art should be a matter of life and death. And for me, the, the, my work is like a matter of life and death, literally. Why did you decide to write a memoir? Making this book is really making peace with the past. It's like shred the skin, like you're going to the new period of your life. Also, in next month, I'm getting 70. So it's such a huge amount of, of time I've been being artist, 50 years of career. And, and now I don't need to look back anymore. It's like I'm free. I, I going into a completely new period of life, which I, which is going to be, you know, last part of your life, and that last part of life have to be meaningful. Read more about Marina Abramovich on Vice.com. Thanks for listening, and tune in again tomorrow when we'll be back with our usual format for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Mm-hmm.